You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. So I'm one of those newer horror nerds who was terrified of horror as a kid. So when I thought Creepshow, I was like, oh, that's the one, the Crypt Keeper. I'm like, no, no, Tales of the Crypt. I actually watched that as a kid. This is based off of the movie Creepshow, which is a bunch of shorts. And now let's make it a show. And well, it's been mixed results for me. I mean, I much prefer a cackling skeleton over hipster skeleton Grim Reaper. Maybe that's just me. I think he's like he's like a ghoul. He's the creep. I, I swear he's becoming like more and more a hipster. He's like, look at me skateboarding and using VR. And then <laughs> here I am looking through a telescope. I've got all the cool stuff. I mean, he's just as bored during COVID as we are, I think. So whatever hobbies <laughs> you got to get, man. I know I got a VR headset. <laughs> well, him and a bunch of actors that were very big in 1990 through 2010. That's about as much energy as I can muster up for Creepshow Season 2. Uh, I am Ben. With me, you have heard Tessa. Hello. Got Robert. Hi, everybody. And we got Elliot. Hello. <laughs> Put some stank on it. <laughs> and yeah, so this is a series, mini-series. They're, what, an hour apiece, give or take? Usually two uh, short stories per episode, I think we went here, except for the finale. Was it an hour? I got my math wrong there. I think it was more like uh, like 45 45 minutes, half an hour, something like that. Yeah. It would have been an hour if it had commercials. But, but, you know, this was on Shudder. Did any of you guys, were you big fans of Creepshow when it came out or since then? The original Creepshow? Well, I'm actually right in the same boat as you. I totally thought this was Tales from the Crypt with the Crypt Keeper. So. I knew that there was a difference. I'd seen Creepshow. I remember that it was an anthology horror movie. Um, I can't remember all the segments, though. Yeah, I dug, I dug the the first one. I'm sure I'm the older one here, but it was a it was a gas when I was younger. It was like, you know, the cool entry. It's not too crazy, but it was definitely wild. There's people killed by cockroaches. There's a father coming out of the grave. There's a monster in a crate. Um, so I like. That what the heart of it is is it's pretty campy, but it rides the line between like having fun with some stuff that would have been in one of these uh you know comics back in the day, and with the TV show pushing it further. Like what I will say that surprised me more than anything this season is there's a straight up fucking Lovecraft episode which I never yeah. would have saw coming and didn't really during the episode. But uh you know I guess they're pushing it a little bit, but it it's always been like a little fun slightly uh nerve-wracking kind of horror yeah i mean i'll say the lovecraft one might have actually been my favorite short in this whole thing i won't spoil its name because let people be surprised there but it's one of the ones that i felt like went the most broad with what it did storytelling wise i feel like so much more of this season just 
it leans so hard into the camp that it just doesn't do anything interesting with the stories. It's like, hey, here's a setup that you know from horror. I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. And here's the story that you expected from that setup. Man, you're making the show on Shudder where it's a lot of people who are already horror nerds. Like, it'd be one thing if you had this on like AMC and you're trying to get those kids, trying to get them their way into horror or something. thing, And they're like, oh yeah, mom has cable still. Let me watch this. But somebody went out of their way to buy the horror network. They know where these tropes are going. Come on. Yeah, it's like, are we spoiled? Are we too genre savvy? <laughs> that we get bored easily is like, I must have some sort of twist or this isn't, isn't, isn't interesting. I mean, some of that episodes were still, you know, pretty fun. Um, I was a fan of the public access episode, but it was definitely uh, a nostalgia bump. So yeah, that yeah. for sure, for sure was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. The public access one. So I, I could relate because uh, me and some friends had a show on public access. So I'm like, yep, wasn't it wasn't Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I'll say the first episode it starts with is a fine intro to this where it gets some of the camp. But again, when I was thinking about like for kids, it kind of felt like at the end slightly more gory. But are you afraid of the dark story? It's like, yeah, the kid likes horror movies, and you know his his stepdad or uncle or whatever doesn't seem to understand. And it's like, cool. I mean, it feels like an are you afraid of the dark that ends more gory, which I'm mm-hmm. fine with. And as the first episode, I was cool with that. Also, I mean, the show has nothing, as I said, but like people that should be like, hey, I love that guy. Where has he been for a while? Because you know, here you get Johnny drama from. Entourage as his uncle, which I'm like, oh, I miss him. I miss Entourage. It's maybe the most broy show on the planet. I still enjoy the fuck out of that show. <laughs> that 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 episode actually, like, I'll tell that you know some more that I was a fan of the original stuff. Is that first episode for me was kind of a letdown because it's a lift of the actual first movie. Oh, so like the okay. the first movie is. I think there's five shorts, but what connects all of it is a kid that orders comics and the dad that don't want him reading these fucking horror comics. So little Billy, who's played by Joe King, which is Stephen King's son, Mm. younger son, Mm. because Stephen King wrote the original movie and Romero directed it. But the dad goes after the kid the same way and it kind of ends the same way too. This was just like a slightly longer version of what places takes place on the other but it was cool to see kevin dylan play a total dick that was trying to get what was coming to him yeah and i will say the first two episodes well the first two stories in the first episode those are both greg nicotero who you know fantastic horror special effects guy been been show running and directing a lot of walking dead but he also did a few other episodes here that i wasn't that wild about he did pesticide Mm. in episode two which i thought was a really weird and weak <laughs> episode that felt like it wanted to be it's one of those ones that feels like it wants to be a twilight zone story but just can't do twilight zone well i like the puppets though they weren't bad i mean they were they were fun <laughs> grotesque oversized insect puppets that was the highlight for me for the most part <laughs> I and mean, didn't they have david keith or keith david i always get those names flipped god damn it keith david. yeah keith david mm-hmm. thank you yeah yeah that was a weak episode but he was one of the better guest stars of this season mm-hmm. i thought but um but yeah that episode was just kind of weird and yeah i felt like it wanted to have a message but it, it just didn't have the courage to actually follow yeah. through with anything really it, i think the dead in breakfast that preceded it with ali larder and c thomas howell in that it, it had its weaknesses because i think some of these despite being shorts even go on too long still it like needs to lean into just like moving faster but i will say ali larder in 
see Thomas Howell playing off each other as siblings were fantastic. I actually really love that. I'm not even the biggest Ellie Larder fan, but uh, they, they play off well, especially with C. Thomas Howell being like just kind of bumbling through most of it. But that was another one that was, I mean, it was just the, the message was just influencers bad, I felt like. Yeah. You know, which is so, yeah. such a weak message to begin with and so overdone. The other team There's up a- I liked was uh, Breck and Meyer and uh, Ryan Quantin, uh, uh, Jason Stackhouse from True Blood in yeah. their... Um, we're on a space station and we might be contacted by aliens. I dug the drama in that one. Yeah. It, it wasn't about the strongest episode, but it, no, it, like I, you said, this thing is full of people that you know from TV that it's cool to see doing these I, weird little one-offs. Yeah. I love that one as far as the two playing off each other. Like they were really great. I love Breck and Meyer and it's so weird seeing him do pretty much drama in this one. Like he's not, he's not the funny guy at all of this episode, even though that's usually his thing. It's one of the weaker episodes where it's like, Oh, you went there. Again, kind of a Twilight Zone story that kind of was a very weak one. Uh, the sibling rivalry was another weird one that came right after that. Uh, the one with the sister saying her brother's trying to kill her. <laughs> because I'm like, cool. I kind of like you tried to go with the twist. kind of fun. Then, like the relationship started ma- making no sense of being really weird after that point. And like they tried to play up like, oh, yeah, teens, they'll just like tell these stories that go nowhere and they meander and blah, blah, blah. It's like. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but that ending... That one felt so padded out, you know. And I guess the shaggy dogness is almost part of it, I guess, but it <laughs> it did not land at all. It just, they were just, it, it felt like they were like, we got to write another episode for the show. And, you know, we got to fill those minutes right now because nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that it they really were going in lots of directions. I dug that, but I feel like we didn't really get the creepy one. Like we had a fun one this season. There's a gross one, but like in the first season, if you guys have seen it, there's the one with the little girl in the dollhouse and it's not the scariest thing, but it definitely had the old school creepy stuff going on, which I dig. But yeah, I, I think this one was just a little too um, all over the place as far as tone. And then Nicotero doing several himself is cool, but those didn't seem like to be the strongest ones. So maybe they'll outsource some more now that COVID is uh, ending. Yeah, they didn't really pay off. Like I'll say um, we talked a little bit about uh, before this recording. So I want to go, I don't want to go episode by episode, like because it just gets boring. But I mean, there's, a weird one that came like second to last episode that had Barbara Crampton just hamming it up and having the most fun she can, which because uh, she's she's a legend. She loves it. She's having a great time here. But I, that episode, again, it goes a weird way in where it ended that that last shot of that episode. I'm like, where did you build up to this? And how do these <laughs> people continue to live where they live and how they live at the end of that? It didn't connect at all. It was just like, but you're still screwed in a building with lead pipes and like what's happening that might here? explain their behavior <laughs> <laughs> right. just saying i thought the plumber guy was fine you know he's a guy he was a good it was one of the better overall like startings to a story but it's like okay it's a guy in a hard spot who's technically the good guy and you're trying to see does this does the show screw over the good guy sometimes and I found that interesting. It just, yeah, it just was really imbalanced to try to do like a, a monster of the week trick for a little bit where like he's fighting a monster and it it just never felt fleshed out to where they wanted that episode to go. It's another one that just meanders too much. I feel like with the plumber, they're like, yeah, get some guy who kind of looks like David Harbour and people will just <laughs> instantly know like, 
He's all right. He's an every man. And then they showed the plumber crack. Mm-hmm. They showed the plumber crack joke. And I was like, come on, guys. This guy is supposed to be playing up as like the nice guy and like the good guy plumber. And you're like, oh, but he's still a fat guy whose pants ride down. Look at him and laugh. Like, Give us something. And then we get to episode 11, which is the big finale, which really interesting story and actually really cool concept. But it also still just goes really predictable for me when you get to the end with Justin Long there and Darcy Carden as the uh, stars. I love her. I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was really excited for that episode once it finally got going. For some reason, they had this intro where it was like the creep or whatever uh, was playing like a VR zombie video mm-hmm. game. And I'm like, but it, this short is actually about a guy who does an interactive movie VR. It's not a zombie video game. Anyways, I feel like they're like, yeah, this will make sense. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of different things. Interactive reality versus a video game. But whatever, you guys, you do you. I was going to say, it's pretty much Justin Long invented the way to make your own version of Kung Pao enter the fist. <laughs> I, I love that movie. It's, it's so stupid, but it knows how stupid it is and just owns it. And this isn't that's not shitting on what he does and what they do to put this part together, because honestly, him injecting himself into the movie is actually really good. They picked a really interesting niche film that I hadn't heard of, but I now really want to see knowing the cast and knowing the basic story of it. It was it's uh, the Horror Express with uh, Christopher Lee mm-hmm. and Peter Cushing, which I'm like, yes, all of this. Yes, it's Christopher Lee, you guys, and, like, Christopher Lee, you guys. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> him injecting himself into it was cool. Like the way they did the shots were cool. But yeah, as it, they, they don't use it. Like I'm not going to spoil the story, but I feel like where they went with it was so just predictable, hand-fisted and like telegraphed repeatedly kind of where it was going. And that's that's really kind of what I could say from most of this season actually was I felt very telegraphed to the stories and the tropes that I know to expect. You know, maybe this is just me, but sort of the the way the 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 technology, the VR technology works, just uh, I immediately started nitpicking all of it. And just <laughs> like it just like didn't make any sense and was like it, it it just like the the way it worked was just kind of what they needed it to be, you know, without any sort of like rhyme or reason as to why what's happening with this machine would actually be affecting you like in a real life situation. Yeah. You know? I will give a, I guess, a shout out to uh, set design. It was a very bold use of a tanning bed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately I was like, oh, so they just like covered his tanning bed in LEDs and shit. And yeah, you know, it's- it works. Let's do it. Little headset comes down, takes you back out of it. That's yeah, great. Yeah. It's, it's the longest story in this whole series because it is the full 45 minutes is that three minutes of the creeps little skit for some reason. But yeah, I think Darcy Carden's having a good time. I think Justin Long's having a great time with this. <laughs> and I've always liked Justin Long still. I don't think it fails. Like I think it's one of these st- uh, overall stronger stories and episodes, but it's not without being over long still, without having too much downtime. And they keep trying to like play up this thing about their relationship, which look, I gotta say overall, I didn't necessarily ever feel like their relationship was actually that taxed with the way they were showing it. It's like, cool. He kind of just invented a way to, without actually, you know, sleeping with other women or anything, like he's he's just having his dream, you know, masturbation ses- session in a movie. But it's like, I, I've, you got to show me the relationships more strained than the way they show me that for this for this whole one to really work for me. And I feel like that was my biggest problem with that one because they had they try they had so much more time to build that up. And they didn't do enough with it. Yeah, I, to be honest, I didn't like I didn't. By the chemistry between them so much 
you know, I love both of these actors, but I, I think I don't know if it was just the writing or their lack of time on screen or both, but it, it just never kind of gelled for me that relationship i think that was the point is he wanted he married her for her money was the implication so the fact they didn't have any chemistry didn't bother me that much and uh yeah so i think i think maybe that was part of it but maybe they just you know on set weren't that great i don't know but i wish there had been one more early scene which is either he's a dick or he's just really sucked into all this stuff and then this kind of oh wait what can i do in this thing kind of thing because i i think that's what it is if this was 25 minutes longer it could have been a pretty interesting low budget you know sci-fi type flick obviously they would have had to use more footage and stuff but that was good but i like you're all saying it, it, i think maybe it was just that it's the narrative is rushed at the beginning and it's kind of like what what you were saying to Elliot is like it didn't seem like they were cool to me when it started so <laughs> it just kind of went down like you said the path you kind of think it's going to go down I feel like his work was done at that point he was doing like R&R you know like he was done he was supposed to go to dinner with her like he's obviously ignoring her for this new like d device that he has created so he had he is a, a slacking on the whole relationship because the other end the other invent inventor, uh, you know, trope we don't get is him feverishly trying to finish some shit. It's just like, oh, it works, you know, so. Done. <laughs> I guess you can see that. I felt that more of like just he's maybe addicted to his invention as opposed to like he doesn't love her or ignoring her. He's just, mm. you know, over. But as I said, I, I just I'm just saying I don't think it was. I don't think either reading of that's wrong. I just think they really should have done more with it because it's like lean into it show us that he's either the asshole or he's not because otherwise we're just reading weird chemistry from them without spoiling the end i really didn't like the ending because it relies on you believing that he couldn't move his fingers to a certain spot <laughs> just like couldn't move his fingers about three inches no ellie each finger has a specific job that they do no <laughs> yeah. and that's all they do they also don't explain how much the interaction with that world actually happens it's like hey this thing that you know when it affects uh darcy it's like cool well that's not what that thing does in that world like that you would not be walking away like you are so then what's happening with him in that world because i thought hers was like okay that's more of like a psychic effect as opposed to there's physical effects that impact you too what's happening like again there's i feel like this like most of these episodes meanders this has the most time and this is why we're talking the most about it well actually while we were on the final thoughts tessa why don't you go ahead um yeah i i watched the first season of uh of the new creep show and i kind of felt the same as i did with this is like i wasn't uh blown away and i wasn't like totally let down there were some gems in here and some fun moments um and then they try to integrate some of the sort of like shocked pan panels, like from a comic book where someone is like aghast and then the lighting goes all like green or purple with like crazy shadows and stuff. It was definitely uh, fairly stylized. And, and those moments were kind of out of place, I feel like, though I know they were just trying to pull from the comics. Um, I, f I feel like it was kind of, I don't know, just like the vibe or the aesthetic was kind of not gelling i don't know and then all the stuff we said about the stories the stories could maybe have been a little bit tighter maybe could have gone some different directions or potentially like focused on some character development a little bit more i don't know um 
there's a, there's a lot to really say about a bunch of different shorts. Um, just saying uh, a little lacking, but not uh, terrible. I would give this, I don't know, like five out of ten uh, clog drain fuzzball monsters. Fair enough. Well, Elliot, how about you? Yeah, I don't have much more to add to what I've already said and what's been said. This was, it was fun at times. I enjoy the camp, um, but they really kind of, I think, lean on the camp as a crutch and let a lot of the writing fall by the wayside. It's just, you know, I don't think any one of these stories is too surprising. And most of them, you're going to see the ending coming pretty much right from the beginning. Um, that being said, you know, there's some good acting. The effects are fun, you know, if, if not kind of campy a lot of the time. Um, it is, it's not going to make me sign up for Shudder. Um, you know, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I had fun with it a little bit. It's certainly enjoyable for the background, but there was just so much that le left me wanting more. And I think... You know, I just think a couple more rewrites with some of these episodes probably could have made them a bit, a bit better. So I'm going to have to go five out of ten. Um, really, really, really antique books. <laughs> All right, Robert, how about you? Um, I overall dug it. I'm going to coin this uh, slow pitch horror like you said you know there's a lot of stuff that you've probably seen in other places you've seen movies based on several of these episodes so not a lot of newfangled stuff for the creep show world i do like as much as i'm not really a a fan of uh camp and space horror and lovecraft type stuff i thought that was cool to see it shows that it's not all just gonna be the monster in the closet type stuff um, I, I really dig, you know, maybe it was because we're still at the end of uh, all the quarantine and all that stuff watching this stuff. But seeing all these actors, like we've said, from 10, 15 years ago was really nice just to see that, you know, the, they're doing OK. So um, I really dug <laughs> Ali Larder, like we talked about. Barbara Crampton was great. Uh, Mark Ashworth, uh, which is in the PBS special that we've been mentioning, I think is just great. I think that episode hits the camp and the only real serious believable note of the season all in one episode all while also being probably the zaniest one. So I really like that. So I'm going to give it six out of 10 reminders to donate to your local public access station and may God rest Bob Ross's soul. I was worried I was going to be the lowest rating on this was around five ish. Cause I was like, Please tell me there's not like one or two other people here that are going to be like, I really love this. This camp is just exactly what I needed. This is what I want my horror to be. It's purely campy and fun. It's like, I love camp in my horror. I love the Evil Dead series of the passion, but Evil Dead gets camp. It still gets some actual good scares and gore and violence and stuff in there that this lacks a lot of. Like, I can forgive something that's still for kids. Like, I still enjoy rewatching. Are you afraid of the dark that I watched and got scared shitless of as a kid? Because I'm like, there's more camp there to me now because it's aimed at a younger audience. But it does it with a lot of actual horror and elements. Like that intro to Are You Afraid of the Dark where it's just like, oh, here's everything around your neighborhood that terrified you as a child and you walk by it at night. Perfect. That's exactly what I think that should be. This, I mean, 
I've read horror comics. They weren't my favorite thing in the world, but horror comics still do have like horror to them. Like they they were more uh, the Monster Squad, where it's like, yeah, Wolfman's got Narns, yeah, go kids. But then also, oh, those monsters are also getting ready to fuck you up like big time, and there's actual problems and things to be scared of. The public television one, where it's like referencing Deadite and stuff. I never felt like once worried for a character or felt like something terrible was happening. It's like, all right, well, let's see where we're going with the camp here. You've already set up where this is going because you're playing up Bob Ross's history as a Marine with this character and this and that. It's like they had some fun with that idea. I think the fun they have with that is the best they've used fun. But the rest of this whole show, I just I couldn't recommend it to anyone unless they were already having Shudder and just bored on like a weekend. It's like, hey, you want to see, you know, a bunch of actors who you go, hey, I like that guy. Hey, I miss that guy. And you want to see stories where you're like, this is familiar enough that I can, you know, be cleaning my apartment in this quarter of a story and come back and know where we're at and still have fun. That's what this was. I, I watched some of this, a good amount of this while working and didn't feel like I missed much at all. Um, so I'm going to give this five out of 10 glasses of white wine I always bring to the slum that I own. <laughs> no. <laughs> ben, Lead pipes forever. The, the worst slumlord ever. I miss the Crypt Keeper. Hello, kitties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that. 